in the making. Amen. A lot of times this happens when I'm not here and I like to schedule it when I'm here too so I can hear these guys preach. Amen. So I can listen to them, see if I can, you know, help them in any way and critique them if they need it, encourage them where they need it. And so I, I've, I've been there and I know how hard it is to get a message together, but we've got three strong men over there that are going to bring a word tonight. Amen to us. So let's get our Bibles open tonight. Get your notebooks out, amen, and, and uh, this, is, this is discipleship, this is training, and uh, leading us into hopefully one day when some, some, some people will begin to go out of this place and start a church somewhere, that's what our vision is, and so we're at a place of maturity now, five years, and I'm believing that God's going to begin to open that door so that we can begin to multiply what we're doing here in Denton, Amen. So we're going to start off tonight. I want you to give them amens. I want you to help them out. I want you to to, uh, make it easy for them. Pay attention. They're going to give us a good word. And uh, they they, they know they're on 15 minutes. Amen. So it's tough. That's another part. They got to get it under 15 minutes or they don't get to preach again. (laughs) So obviously they all did good last time. But let's let's give it up for Robert Ayala who's going to get us started tonight. Amen. Looking all nice with this suit on, amen? How y'all doing tonight? Well, you always got to be prepared to be the first or last, right? Well, well, I'm going to ask y'all if y'all can open your Bibles to 2 Chronicles 7.14. When y'all get there, say amen, please. It says, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Um, I didn't know on what to speak and I said, Lord, you know, help me. And, and I was trying to, trying to see, well, Lord, what, what do you want me to speak on? And, and I said, he said, pretty much told me, well, you need to speak on something you need on your own life. And it's pretty much, a, for a lot of people, it might be like a cuss word, but it's a good word to get us to heaven. You know, you, we got to be, we got to be humble. If we can't, if we, if we can't be humble, you know, the glory of God can't be glorified because it's our flesh trying to get the glory. So um, the definition of humble one of the definitions, it says, not to be proud or arrogant. Be modest, to be humble, although you be successful. I mean, successful, I mean, it's going to be in, in, the, in the spirit of in a God. I would think that uh, that's the uh, ultimate thing because, like I was saying Wednesday, we're not going to take nothing when we die other than the the good things that we did for our Lord and that he wrote it down for us. You know, a sentence to be a humble person is someone who doesn't boast or try to impress themselves or, or himself or somebody else. You know, it's somebody humble that wants to do everything for the, for the glory of God and nothing else, you know, nothing else matters than, oh, I did this when I was younger or oh, I went and talked to a thousand people. It don't matter. I mean, it, all it matters is that we got to try to do our best for God and that's it. And another word, you know, is sometimes, 
you know, we never get upset when somebody's going through a trial, but when we go through a trial, we get upset. You know, that's not being real humble because a humble person will try and help their brothers and, and uh, try to lift them up in the name of Jesus. Uh, another definition of a different word would be pride. It's, a, it's an un, unreasonable and a high self-esteem person. It's identified uh, uh, as one of the deadly scenes, you know. And sometimes, you know, we think pride is, is not that much of a, it's a big deal. But, you know, it is probably one of the biggest deals because the devil uses it in the world and uses it in the church. Because sometimes, you know, God starts using that minister and he starts getting a little bit pride because it's a bigger crowd. Or there are people following him or he's getting a TV show or, or he's getting more money. He thinks that he got it all now. But, you know, that's, that's one of the things that the devil, one of the biggest tools the devil has nowadays to uh, get involved in, in people's lives. It don't matter if it's at church or if it's outside. As we know, so many uh, sports stars and singers, they, they think they got it going on when they're in a high mountain, but never known that pretty soon they're going to fall down on that mountain without Jesus. And Proverbs 11, 2 says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but the, humi- the community comes wisdom. I mean, the best thing, I mean, it is one of the hardest things because sometimes we, like I said, we don't, we don't look at it that, uh, we don't look, look at it, we look past it. We're saying, no, I'm humble enough when, when you're not, you know. It's like sometimes, you know, we think we're untouchable. We're too good for everybody. We're too good for pastors to say a word to us. We, we're too good for parents to talk to us. You know, uh, at, at, the, at the younger age where a bunch of youth are here, we think we know it all. Parents don't know nothing about it. This is a different lifestyle we're living right now where everybody goes through this world. And it's the same thing. You know, the only thing that don't pass is like Pastor said this morning, is the Word of God. It's the same thing rotating over and over, but the only thing that don't change is the Word of God. Amen. You know, on 2 Timothy chapter, two, verse, chapter 3, verse 2, thank you, says, for people will love, well, for people will love of them, of selves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, and unholy. You know, our flesh is always wanting to get the glory. It don't matter if it's, it's out there or if it's, if it's here at church. You know, a lot of times we, we get here in the pulpit and, you know, we think that we got it on when it's Jesus the one that wants to get glorified and talk to the people so his name can be glorified so we can learn, so we can go out there and preach the word of God. You know, uh, a lot of times, you know, we just want to be playing instruments or singing, but when it's time to go help in nursery or go do things that only God would see us work, clean the restrooms, you know, I'm pretty sure Brother Chris need a break driving the van, but we don't want to do that because nobody sees us doing that. We just want to be up here so people can see us up here and, and you know, we get that little rush like, oh, I'm singing or I'm playing drums or, 
or I'm doing a little sermon. What Jesus likes for a humble person where nobody sees you, only he can seize you, that's when you can really show how much you love Jesus. Because nobody else is seeing you other than him. You know, sometimes we get up here and testify, you know, and it is good testifying. But, you know, it's also good to put that effort in helping our church, not just bringing out here, well, God did this for me and did that for me. But what are we doing for God? You know, I mean, God also helps you for that good testimony you got. But, you know, put that in work too, you know. Don't just, just come here and go nursery. I mean, nursery is the hardest thing. But if you're in there, you know, put your phone away, pay attention to the kids. You're going to be whining, but it's only one day you got to do it a week, if that. You know, nobody likes to clean the restrooms. Sometimes they say, if I don't clean my house restroom, why am I, I going to clean the church restroom? You know, but Jesus see all that. You know, I mean, as you clean that restroom, say, Lord, touch whoever uses this restroom. Change their heart, change their mind, you know. Fill them with your spirit, Lord, because this is what we need in, nowadays. Because we don't need no more pride. You know, we need Jesus in our life. We need, we need the, uh, like Pastor said, I learned one time because I used to pray, Lord, humble me. And Pastor said, you better, you better learn how to pray because God will humble you. It might not be the way you want. You know, so you got to learn to say, Lord, give me wisdom how to be humble. So I can do things different. So I can, so your name can be glorified because... You know, you ask God to humble you, you might not like that. So learn how to pray for that. You know, you learn wisdom, not for your boasting or, or uh, your flesh to be smarter. It's, for the, it's all for the works of God. We all got to remember, hey, I want to be humble so, so my God can be glorified. Because the devil got so much pride in this, in this world that he got enough people out there. And, and one of the things is, is that pretty much... This whole world get those people up there, you know, and it's a dumb thing. I mean, it's like uh, I get ahead of myself a little bit, but we're kind of living like the days of Moses. You know, this world is like uh, when we need something from God, if they go to church or not go to church, you know, they get on their knees. They know there's a big God. He answers that prayer. By God, I got to go party again. I got to go get my own idols. You know, they make their own idols, own gods of singers and, and uh, sports players and all that, and they forget about God. You know, that's why they, we, we're like in the days of Moses because they're in a desert. You know, so many, this world, it just amazes me that uh, they're lost. Just like Moses and his people were lost in that, in that desert. When all they had to do is just say, Lord, we humble ourselves, forgive us from this this wicked heart that we got and, and God would have heard him and God would have forgave him and you know it would have been it would have been the road so much easier than them 40 years and going in circles and circles and this was this this is what happened on nowadays on this earth you know we as you see everything going into turmoil government against government you know the government his own against his own people it, it's just something amazing that you know, uh, it's all in the Bible, and like Pastor was saying, it just foreshadows, you know, foreshadows the, the Bible to nowadays, and it's the same thing. But if we were just humble, once again, God would hear us. You know, um, on Proverbs uh, 12, 15, 
say, for the way of the foolish is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. You know, for me, it was so hard so many years to raise my hands to my Lord because I was like, I'm too proud for that. You know, I, I just can't see myself in front of this crowd that really, yeah, I didn't care. I mean, y'all came to praise God. But for me, inside my mind, was that sometimes if you let that, it's like the devil's playground. Once you kind of let him, the devil tried to use that and use that. Can't go into your heart, but he can play with your mind right. big time. And I, and I was too proud to raise my hands. Um, but it sure didn't take not even two seconds when one time I got stopped and pulled over and they said, pull your hands up. I was like, <laughs> you know, but it, it's amazing. It, that was to a man. And, but when I was coming here, it was so hard for me. It's like I had chains in my arms that I couldn't raise. And it was chains from the devil because that was pride. Right. You know, once I, I, uh, Pretty much the, the, the mercy of God broke those chains. You know, it was like a freedom. It, it was like I could lift my arms like nothing, praising him. But, um, but the world don't like to hear the word of God because it is too hard. And, and it is hard. It hurts. But at the same time, it cleans our sin. You know, it's something that this world needs that don't want to hear it. They'd rather go Saturday, or actually they start since Thursday, or actually sometimes it's all week. They go partying, clubbing. But for, for God, you know, sometimes they make it to a Sunday morning, which they're not there because they're all hangover. But for the party, they prepare themselves hours before, get all pumped up to pretty much just go sin. I mean, we're all sinners. I'm not perfect. But just to go sin and, and waste their money, but I'll throw this out there. You know, they come to church, they ask for an offering or something. It's hard for them to throw $5 in an offering plate, but they go to a bar. They can get a bar tap of $150, $200 being stupid, buying drinks for other friends, you know. But, uh, you know, like I said, one thing we, we can't see God, we're not going to see God. If we can't humble ourselves, humble our, truly our hearts to God because, you know, Jesus himself came to this earth and humbled himself, you know, being a king, to come and walk this, this sinful world. And not only that, gave us so many examples. I mean, so many examples that, uh, like I say, uh, Matthew twenty nine eleven, Jesus said, learn from me that I am humble. You know, he's saying, well, which way was he humble? So many ways that he showed us in the Bible of what he did. He walked through here, even in his last hours, he, uh, he got down and watched his, his whole disciple, the 12 disciples, his feet, the dirtiest feet probably he could probably see around here nowadays because they were walking on that dusty roads and muds and everything, and they had no... Red wings or, or uh, Jordans, they had sandals, you know, dirty sandals and dirty feet. And my Lord got down on his knees and washed them. And, and uh, you know, a couple of them didn't want to get washed because they're probably stinky and, and nasty feet. But my Lord still humbled himself and, and washed that. And then 
after so many miracles that he did on this world, he humbled himself and went into that cross to die for us. You know, and he didn't have to do that. You know, he did, he did his father's will. But at any time, he could say, Lord, I don't want to do this. And he could have been raised back up, but he did it for us, you know. So, on Proverbs 29, 23, you know, he says, pride ends in humiliation. You know, they might say, well, I thought you were going to talk about humbleness, not pride. But the problem is that we don't have no problem being prideful. The problem is we have problems, as myself, to be humble more and more because God needs us to be humble so he can rise and be glorified. You know, but also on Psalms 49.4, he says, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He crowns the humble, per- he crowns the humble with salvation. So that means that what we've got to do, we've got to be humble to receive that salvation all the way. Because pastors are saying this morning, not everybody here in church or in this world that goes to church is going to be lifted up when Jesus comes back. Only the humble, humble heart that really loves him that's doing it all, all the way. I mean, like I said, nobody's perfect. But if God sees our heart and if we're humble, God will take us. So... You know, in Matthew twenty three twelve, for whoever exalts himself with, will be humble, and whoever humble himself will be exalted. So, I mean, what else do you want, you know? Even if, you know, we humble ourselves so God can be glorified, you know, once we get in heaven, God is going to exalt us and call us by name. So, you know, humble, let's humble and keep getting hungry to humble ourselves in our lives so our God can be glorified and I, myself included like I said I got to work hard at it and I want to see everybody in heaven so we can keep on praising God Amen Amen It's a good word, Amen Humility is the key to ministry Amen. Matthew 5 says, the poor in spirit, blessed are the poor in spirit, the humble, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So that, how many know that's a never-ending work? You don't say, well, I'm humble now. Humility is a daily walk. And you always have to be putting yourself back down and, and exalting the Lord and pushing that glory up to God. Amen. So that's a good word. And everybody needs to work on that. Amen. Nobody's exempt from that. Thank God for Robert and Sheila. They've been with us for five years now since we started the church. They've been faithful to us, seen their, their kids grow up, seen the kids start from nothing, <laughs> from in the womb, amen. And uh, Kiana was just a little baby, almost. But we're thankful for them. They're, very, they're a column in this church. They're very faithful to our church, and we're thankful for them. And thankful for what God is doing in them as they continue to grow, amen. And thankful for the future, amen. And then on the other hand, we got someone who's a year old in the Lord. Amen. Mr. Mr. Dwayne Frank, who came in and got saved last year in August, gave his life to the Lord. God put his life back together with his uh, future wife, who's his wife now. And, and uh, they're just growing like crazy. Got another baby on the way. Amen. And yeah, how, how many know they, they, they got some beautiful babies? Amen. They're, they're good at it. They make pretty babies. 
I had Pastor Gould come in and I told him, man, you're going to see the cutest kid you've ever seen in your life in this church, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. And so that morning he wasn't there. And then that night we were standing there and he goes, is that the kid you're talking about? And I said, yep, that's him. <laughs> Look, he knows I'm talking about him too. Amen. I'm excited what God is doing. Me and Dwayne met on the basketball court several years ago and and I'm excited about what God's done so far and the future for what God's going to continue to do in his life. Let's give a hand to Dwayne as he comes and brings the word tonight. Amen. 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 If y'all turn to uh, Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, please. So I got a question. Uh, anybody ever had to give up anything? And I know that giving up things is not the easiest thing to do. You know, just because I know I was playing basketball for, a, you know, kind of a semi-pro team. I mean, it was something fun. I never traveled, so we got to travel and do different things like that. But when I started coming here, it was... It was like the people that I was hanging out with and what wasn't godly, I guess you could say. So I had to let some people go, you know. So the question I have is uh, what will you exchange for your soul, you know. So we're going to read Mark chapter 8, verse 34 through 37. says, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. For what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? In the question, verse 37, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, that's a question. When I seen this, I was like, hmm, you know, and it's just the people that, you know, have alcohol problems, have, you know, smoke cigarettes, different types of drugs and just different things. It's, that's the excuse. Like, hey, you want to come to church? You know, well, you know, maybe, but. I got this to do. I got to go party. I got to go do this. And I know that that night that I was supposed to come on that Tuesday, I was supposed to go get free drinks. Free. You know, free drinks. It was like, hmm. You know, but God had a different plan for me. He was like, no, you going to church on a Tuesday. You know, it's like a church on a Tuesday? That, that, no. No, sir. <laughs> Never happened before in my life. And I... Never heard of such a thing, you know, but it's just those things. But it's some people try to say, well, you know, I don't do alcohol, cigarettes. I don't do those things, so I'm good. <laughs> but, you know, we got money. We got your job, you know, you willing to work and work instead of coming to church, work instead of giving your life to Jesus. We got our spouse, our kids. We got you know, just different things. Some people even, you know, hatred. It's like, well, I hate this person. They did this to me, so I'm not, I'm not going to serve Jesus because they do. You know, it's just like, what? 
Like, no, you got to give it all away if you want to serve Jesus. You have to give it all away. And so uh, if y'all do me a favor and turn to Mark chapter 10, please. And if you don't uh, get anything else out this message that I'm fixing to go into, just get these four points. To come to Jesus, give up everything, deny yourself daily, and follow Jesus. That's what we have to do if you want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, which I want everybody in here to be if you're not. And we are... Uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 17, I'm going to talk about a guy that he wasn't willing to give up everything. He'd do some things. He was one of those guys that was, I'm good, you know, I'm good, so I don't have to worry. But in verse 17, it says, now as he, now as he was going out to the road, one came running, kneeled before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? That's a good question. That's a good heart. You know, he came to Jesus, which is the first point. He did one good thing. He came to Jesus and he wanted to know, hey, what do I got to do? You know, because he was living his life. He was, you know, he was good. Quote, air quote, he was good. But, you know, so Jesus said in verse 18, says, so why do you call me good? For no one is good but one, that is God. So, you know, we come into the church and we come in and we start looking at people. The first thing we do is like, hmm, what's wrong with this church? Hmm. You know, we come in, we like, oh, okay. Well, this guy, he isn't as godly as I would like him to be, so I'm not going to go to that church. Or this church don't seem good, so I'm not going to this church. Or this church don't do this. This church don't do that. But we're supposed to have our eyes on Jesus. So long as they preaching the word, we shouldn't worry about anything else. Because when you got your eyes up, looking up like this, you can't see out here. You can't see what's going on. And that's something that we have to get. That is something that we have to get. But verse 19 goes on to say, uh, you know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witnesses, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. <laughs> and the good guy answered. And, I, and all these things, Jesus, and he was like, teacher, all these things I've kept since my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go away Go your way, sell whatever you have. Give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. And come take up your cross and follow me. And he was sad at this word. And he went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. So this guy just, he wouldn't give up everything. He give up most things, but he wouldn't give up everything. You know, and... So we just have these things that we just must do, that we just have to be willing to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to give it all to you, no matter what it may be, no matter if it's the hardest thing we have to give up, we have to give it up for him. And the reason we have to give it up is so that he know that he is first in our life. 
because the Bible says that, you know, our God is a jealous God and he want to be first in our lives. And if he's not first, then what is he, you know? And so it's like the things that we do, we just have to, we just have to remember the, we just have to remember him as we walk throughout the day. We have to take up our cross. Take, take up our cross means to dying to yourself. That's when your spirit is, is like, man, I sure want to go do this. I sure want to watch that movie with all the different things in it that's not lifting God up. Or I want to look at this person, take a second look. Or I want to, you know, just different things. Like I want to hang around these guys. I want to smoke. I want to drink. I want to do drugs. And I want to serve Jesus. That ain't the way it goes. That's not what the Bible says, you know. And just like we was talking about, we can't serve two masters. We have one. So if you want your master to be money, then let your master be money. But if you want to serve God, then he has to be first in your life. He has to be first. And, uh, you know, we just, we just take his life, we just take our lives for granted. And we just think that we got forever. When what we've been preaching the last month or so is Jesus could come back at any time and we have to be ready. We have to be looking to the sky. We have to be dying to ourselves daily, you know, not Sundays, not whenever. We have to die to ourselves daily, you know, and just the things that we that we do that um, that we put before Jesus. I mean, it's so amazing that I don't know, the guy was saying in Colorado that like 4% go to church, you know, and more people is at the game than at, at church. And that's just not, you know, just not good. It's just not a good thing. And just for those people that, are, that put everything before Jesus, like, well, I'm going to wait until I get good and, and then I'm going to start serving Jesus. I'm going to fix myself and then I'm going to start serving Jesus. Or I'm going you know, to go do this and I'm going to do that and then I'm going to serve Jesus. But uh, in Matthew 10, I mean in Mark 10, on down a little bit, God gave us something that I came across and it was just amazing. In Mark 10, verse 28. It says, uh, Peter began to say to him, see, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brother or sister or father, mother, wife or children or lands for my sake and for the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold. Now, in this time, houses and brothers and sisters, mothers and children in land with, no, with persecutions, and in this age comes eternal life. So when we're giving up things, we're going to get them back. That's what we have to let the world know, that when we're giving up things, we're going to get them back in the end, that we're working for crowns, that we're working for things for Jesus, that we're working to, to give him something when, when we get to heaven. But... When we come and, and we just, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know if I can stop smoking because I've been doing it so long. And 
It's like, okay, so do you love Jesus or do you love cigarettes? Are you willing to go to hell for these cigarettes? Are you willing to go to hell for this alcohol? Are you willing to go to hell for, for the drug that you do? Like, I'm, I don't understand, but it, not me. I can't go to hell for, you know, nothing. Because, you know, <laughs> I mean, hell is somewhere I don't want to be. So I'm going to do what I have to do each and every day to make sure that when Jesus come, I'm ready. You know, just like Pastor was saying this morning, I want to go on the first load. I don't want to have to get my head cut off, you know, to, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I like my head. It's all right. <laughs> you know, but that's just some of the things that we have to do. But the things that we have to do is, again, is to come to Jesus. That's first. And we in here, so we came. And that's the first step. And next, we have to give up everything. Not part, you know, not well, Jesus, I give you everything but my wife, or I give you everything but my TV, or, you know. Nah, we got to give up everything. Everything we have to give up. And then the next thing we have to do is we have to walk daily. We have to die to ourselves daily. We have to give up the things that we want, the things that we wanted for Jesus every single day. Because I know it's for me, I was, I was the looker, you know. I seen everything. It was like, man, she, man, it, it, everywhere. But that was me and my, my flesh, you know. But just recently, it was, it was me and Jesus. We had a conversation. We had a talk. And I told him, hey, I want you to purify my eyes every day. So that's what I pray for every single day when I wake up. That when I walk out the house, that he purify my eyes. That when I see something... It convicts me right then. And I ask for forgiveness right then. I don't wait till the end of the night and say, uh, I don't remember what I was doing, but forgive me for everything. You know? You know? Even though that may do it, but you never know if you're going to make it to the end of the night, is what I'm trying to say. So you got to do it right then. You got to get that conviction of, ooh, I did something wrong, Jesus. I apologize, and I ask that you forgive me. And... Keep going on about your day. But those are the things that we have to do. But, again, and the last thing is we have to follow Christ. That's the last and the most important thing to me is we have to follow him. We can't follow people because people are going to fail us. I mean, it's good to see the good things in people and take, those and, be, and take those and be like, okay, he did that pretty good. I like that. You know, he did that for Jesus pretty good. I like that. He did that, you know, but following people, it only take you so far. But when you follow Jesus, he already up there. So we know where he at. And if we follow him, that's where we going. And those are the things that I want to, you know, wanted to talk about and wanted to let y'all know that we have to give up everything if we want to serve Jesus. Thank you. Man, good words. Praise God. Isn't it amazing how the Holy Spirit always works it out and leads one thing into the other? I never tell them, you know, preach on this or preach on that. And that's the same thing that happens at our conferences. We get there and there's like 17 messages in the week. And we have a theme, but it, 
All the messages just go right hand in hand. It's amazing. So Robert's message led right into that. Humility, denying yourself, amen, following Christ. That was good. Good word, Dwayne. Amen. Well, our last preacher is, is uh, Robert Starr, and uh, we're thankful that God has brought him and his family into our church. And uh, he, he is somebody that has pastored before. He is somebody that has uh, had, a, had a church, his own church before, and he's, he's done this before, but uh, he's starting over, and God has brought them into our church, and uh, he has accepted uh, our vision for, for his life, and he's wanting to one day again preach again and pastor again. And uh, I, I, I've told him before, and I uh, have reminded him that if that's what he wants to do, he's in the right place. Amen. This is what we do. But at the same time, he has to relearn everything he's learned as far as how we do things. It's almost like he's transferred from the Marines to the Navy or whatever. Same same country, same protection, different way to do things. Amen. Different vocabulary. And so I did that too. I learned what we're about as a fellowship. And uh, I had a pastor in, in Costa Rica that did what Robert's doing right now. He came in one time and he he said, I've pastored before, and I've done this, and I've done that. And I said, that's great. You're in the right place. And I began to test him and see if his heart was right. And uh, it was about eight months before he even prayed over an offering. And if you've been a pastor before, that's tough to do. And uh, Robert has been faithful. Him and his wife cleaned the bathrooms. He's driven the van. Amen. They've been faithful and working. And so uh, I want to begin to see Robert be used more. But he has his grown in that uh, submissive submission to the church. Amen. And to the work. So uh, amen. Praise God for that. So he's going to be an asset to us. Amen. And uh, that pastor, we sent him out. And he's been pastoring for I don't even know how many years, 10, 11, 12 years now, and he has a a good church in Costa Rica, so uh, God's going to do great things. Let's give it up for Robert Starr tonight as he closes us out. Amen? Good evening, church. I want to bring a word that's going to help you accomplish the other two things that they talked about tonight. In Acts chapter 1-8, I felt led to keep kind of what our conference theme is going to be, wind and fire. I believe one of the most lacking things in the church in this day and age in which we live is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 1-8, Jesus said, But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses unto, both, in, unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and into the uttermost part of the earth. I want to speak to you tonight, why do we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Have you ever asked yourself, why do I need this? You see, we believe and teach that the first thing that happens in your Christian walk is that you get born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Beloved, we need to be born again tonight. We need to have that born again experience. We need salvation. What has cleansed and made us whole tonight? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. The most significant thing that ever happened to me in my life was on December the 5th of 1984 in a hospital room at Hillcrest Baptist Medical Center in Waco, Texas, when the hospital chaplain came in at 3 o'clock in the morning and prayed with me and, and, and showed me the way of salvation. And, and God used that man that night to, to bring the scriptures to life to me. 
But the second most significant thing happened a few months later. And I'm not saying that the baptism of the Holy Ghost is greater, but beloved, I want you to know something, that if you're going to really be empowered, the last time I spoke about what was being used by God and, and, and how God uses people who do, who do temple time and things like that, but I want you to know that you also have to receive power from on high if you're going to be effective. You can pray all you want. You can spend time in the Word, but if you don't have the power of the Holy Ghost residing in your life, you're not going to be very effective. You might be a little bit effective because the Bible does teach that when we are born again, we do get a measure of the anointing on our life, but we don't get it all. Why do I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You see, first of all, let me iterate that there is a difference of being born of the Spirit than being baptized in the Spirit. I want to say that again. There's a difference of being born of the Spirit than being baptized in the Spirit. So why do we need this baptism? If we're already saved, it's not going to make us any more saved. Some people ask, why do we need it? Well, I'm going to tell you why we need it. We need it because, beloved, we have an enemy coming at us with the big guns of hell. And it's going to take more than rhetoric. It's going to take more than platitudes, and it's going to take more than some dead old dry religious experience. But it's going to take the power of Almighty God, the Holy Ghost, to fill our hearts and to fill our lives so that he who is in us is greater than he who's in the world. I need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's not just a one-time thing. Let, let me ask you something. Pastor, are you on a truck? How many times have you changed the oil in that truck? Ooh, praise the Lord. Once. If he doesn't change the oil again real soon, he may be buying another truck. <laughs> Amen. I want to tell you something. You can always tell when a believer is getting low on oil. They go to knocking, just like that motor does in your car. Except instead of knocking on the metal, they'll knock the pastor. They'll knock the pastor's wife. They'll knock the deacons. They'll knock the praise and worship leader. They'll knock everything that can be knocked in that church. Knock the pastor's kids if they get a shot at them. Beloved, we need the baptism of the Holy Ghost so that we are working in the way that God wants us to. I, I, why, why do I need it? First of all, I need it because I need that greater anointing on my life. When you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're going to get a greater anointing on your life. Why do I need it? I need that because, one, as a minister, I need to be able to minister under the anointing. How many of you like to sit under non-anointed preaching? I tell you what, you, you sit under enough, you'll get plenty of sleep in church. There's nothing worse than non-anointed singing. And sometimes, even if the anointing is on it, you still like, Lord, I wish that they could carry a tune. Amen. But more importantly than that, I need that anointing so that I can live an abundant life. My Bible teaches that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord. What is it that breaks the yokes of bondage? The Bible teaches us that it is his anointing that breaks the yokes of bondage off of our life. I need the anointing of the Holy Ghost so I can cast off those things that used to bind me and, and keep me in bondage and hold me back from, from what God had for me and still has for me in life. If you're bound by pornography tonight, you need the, the anointing of the Holy Ghost to break it for you. 
You can go and get counsel until you're blue in the face. But I promise you, deliverance is much quicker. Why else do I need it? I need it for the ability to have greater spiritual discernment in my life. I tell you what, we, we lack a day where, where pastors and, and, and people in leadership in the church and just the church in general a lot of times lack discernment. Beloved, we need to have that discernment so that if someone comes up to us and starts speaking to us, we can really discern the Spirit and discern if that person is really speaking the Word of God or, or not speaking the Word of God. There are too many people in this day and age that mishandle the word of truth. And we need to have that discernment about us so that we know if someone is teaching us something that is not scripturally correct, we can discern that, hey, we, we need to stay away from this. We don't need this poison in our life because, you see, the devil will mix just enough truth with a lot of error just to make it look like it's right, but it's really not. The third thing that I need the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit for is that I have a better ability to walk in the Spirit. The Bible teaches us that we're to walk in the Spirit and not after the things of the flesh. You want to walk in humility? Get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You want to deny yourself? Get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because you're going to need that power to overcome it. I've learned that I can't really watch the NFL without... Putting my salvation in jeopardy. So I don't watch the Cowboys anymore because they bring out the ugly side of me. <laughs> Amen. I'm the guy that needs the Velcro referee doll so that when he makes a bad call, I can just rip him to pieces right there. I found I'm more pleasant just not watching it anymore. Praise the Lord. I'm denying myself. For the, I love football. I love to watch it. I used to love to play it. Now I'm too old to play it. Sometimes I forget. My mind thinks I'm young. I go out and I quickly get reminded that I'm not there anymore. It opens up the ability to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. How many of you want to operate in the gifts of the Spirit? How many of you know what giftings you have in your life? I tell you what, you want to find out? Get baptized with the Holy Ghost and you'll find out quickly what gifts that God has put into your life. We, we need those things operating in the church today because they edify the body and they build us up. But also signs, miracles, and wonders are for the unbeliever because they confirm the gospel to the unbeliever. And a miracle, I have learned, always settles the issue. In the book of Job, when he was prophesying about the Holy Ghost, he said, in, in the last days, your young men will dream dreams and your old men will see visions. We need it. So that we can have visions and dreams in our life again. We need to return to the land of visions and dreams, church. Too many people are walking aimlessly in life and have no purpose anymore. I'm not talking about the unsaved. I'm talking about people in church who don't seem to have any real direction for their life anymore. And don't seem to know how to get the direction. You want some direction, you get along with the Holy Ghost and he'll give you some direction. He'll give you a dream for your life. And then when God gives you that dream, pursue it. <clears throat> oh man, puberty. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I thought I was past that. <clears throat> Amen. And when the devil helps you enjoy puberty again like that, you know how to just get right past it and go on. 
with God's vision, you will really see what greater purpose God has for you in your life and that God has the ability to bring it to pass. It increases your faith. How many of you want to pray over the sick and see them healed? How many of you want to pray over the dead and watch them walk again? How many of you want to pray over people in wheelchairs and watch the wheelchairs stay at the church while they walk out and forget about them? I've seen churches, I've seen churches with wheelchairs and walkers and stuff on the law, on the wall. I got fired from preaching revival one night because we left the church with an empty casket. Literally. They brought a dead woman to a revival in Mississippi that I was preaching. I asked all the pastors to come to the front of the church. They must have misunderstood me. I, really, I thought the front of the church was down here. They thought it was over there. Prayed over that woman. All of a sudden, I felt this great amount of heat radiating from the casket. I looked down. This lady's looking at me. And I asked her, I said, ma'am, do you know where you are? She goes, no, but do you know where I have been and what am I doing back here? She rose up out of that casket and people were screaming. I wish I could tell you they were screaming in the spirit. Some of them were just literally freaked out. The pastor handed me the check after, the, after that night. He said, this revival's over and you, please don't come back. I said, I won't. I called Martha. I was so mad. I called Martha. I said, I'm coming home tonight. She said, the motel's paid for our stay. I said, no. I'm dusting my feet, and I'll see you in the morning. And I drove all night. Lastly, it makes you rely on God and not yourself. I tell you what, you can have all the education, all the Bible schooling you want, and I'm not going to knock it. But when I went to the ministry, however many years ago it was now, I chose neology over theology. Amen. I had a wise, spirit-filled Baptist pastor tell me that it was far better to rely on the Spirit of God in your life than it was to rely on what education they could give you at the cemetery. I'm, I'm sorry, I mean seminary. <laughs> Did I say that? I call it the cemetery because a lot of people went there and rather get their faith built up, they got their faith buried. And they got told by liberal professors that these things didn't happen. And rather than standing up and choosing to engage their professor, they just sat there and took him at face value. I went to Bible school for a while, and I had a professor like that. And one day he approached me. He said, I guess you just think I'm the biggest heathen in the world. I said, yes, sir, I do. And he said, I'm not. He said, I do that because I want you to be challenged. He said, because the world is not going to take the gospel always at face value. They're going to challenge you. We know from our experience in the world, sharing the gospel, that sometimes people will say, well, the, the Bible is, contradicts itself. And I always ask them, would you please show me where? And they never can. We need to be, become God-reliant tonight so that we can get our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ the author and the finisher of our faith, so that everything that is done brings him glory and brings him honor and praise and that we can testify about the good things that God has done in our life. Thank you, Robert. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes as the musicians are coming tonight. That was a good word.